0: hi everyone welcome to the WeShape podcast I'm Katie here with Tyler this morning just us
1: just the two of us
0: oh dear I'm gonna we jump can in make I'm it gonna jump you in try. before we do this I'm gonna jump in before you do that
1: if you guys want more song requests you can email <laughs> us at podcast at
0: um. Yeah, you can subject line for Tyler only because you will not hear me sing on the... Maybe I have sang on the podcast before.
1: Yeah, sometimes I Our think least listened to episode. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, I'm really excited. Today we have a great guest. We're going to have a great conversation. I feel so bad because he was here a few weeks ago and then we had major technical difficulties and we tried to work through it and it just didn't work. So we just surrendered to what was happening and then we came back this morning and had more technical difficulties and I said I promise we've done this before but we worked through them this morning so we're ready to go. Is there anything you want to mention before we jump in?
1: I I feel like this has been a long-awaited episode so let's let's dive in and and I'm really interested to hear what he has to say about a particular topic here.
0: Okay let's do it. So um, our guest today is Andres Aista Uh, He's a sports dietitian and founder of Planos Nutrition with over 12 years of experience helping people transform their nutrition and lifestyle. He works with busy professionals and parents to help them boost their energy, improve their confidence, and show up as the best version of themselves using a personalized, evidence-based nutrition blueprint. With a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics from the University of Southern Indiana and a master's degree in exercise science and sports nutrition from the University of Central Florida, Andres has earned numerous certifications, including Certified Strength and Conditioning Coach, Certified Specialist in Sports Dietetics, and he is a licensed registered dietitian in the state of Florida and provides coaching programs worldwide. To this date, Andres has helped over 650 clients to optimize their nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset. Welcome, Mm. Andres. How are you?
2: Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Very excited to be on the podcast, but at the same time, very excited that we got this to work and (laughs) over the technical technical difficulties today. So thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much. So I want to, I like to always ask our guests, like, how did you get here? What, what brought you into this field? Usually it comes from some personal journey, right? So maybe you could give us a little context into how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a long story, but I'm going to try to uh, shorten it a little bit. Um, I wanted to be a doctor, um, not a dietitian, when I started my career. Um, I'm originally from a country in South America. It's Venezuela. And I grew up there until I was about 21 years old. Um, when I was about 18, I got denied, or I guess I applied for medical school and I didn't really get in. Uh, mm-hmm. 10,000 people applied to that school that I wanted to go to is very competitive. only 30 people get in. Oh wow. Um, I got into like the I think 150, so it was good, oh. but not a good enough. So in Venezuela the schools that the way that they're structured um, the School of Medicine have multiple different health allied professions in it and dietetics or nutrition was one of them and I was like what the heck is that yeah so I decided it was like this sounds kind of cool so I jumped into it, into it and I just, Never looked back. I realized that I wanted to prevent disease rather than treat it. Um, mm. I also wanted to work with athletes at some point, and I figured, like, okay, I can be a, a sports medicine doctor. But it turns out there's a whole field called sports nutrition. And when I was 21. I decided to move to the United States. I had a, um, a car accident at fault. Um, it was a very traumatic experience for me. Um, I was actually under the influence and honestly, it changed everything for me because I decided oh. I wanted to make a massive change in my life. So I moved here um, and uh, since I was 21, I'm now 35 and uh, I just called the United States my home I, and I kind of moved around a little bit, but this is where I built my career. I went to school to get my dietetics degree I also got, you know, work in some of like the biggest like you know medical centers in, in Houston. Um, and I started working with athletes of the highest caliber. Um, NFL athletes, major league baseball players, and I worked with some of the weirdest athletes that you've ever heard, like professional bassmen, um, fishermen, um, you know, all the different things and it was very rewarding and very exciting. But I figured i or i wanted to actually do more i wanted to first to have my own business i didn't really want to work with teams or i didn't want to work with you know professional athletes anymore it was still cool but i kind of want to work with you know people just like me that they're just busy now parents um and they're just like trying to juggle a lot of responsibilities and i wanted to help them figure out exactly how to do that in a way that made sense for them and that's how planos nutrition was created planos is a spanish word for blueprints and I like to think of us as the creators of a blueprint for your lifestyle and for your nutrition. And we do it so, we do so in, a, in a way that is very personalized. So that's sort of like the the um, kind of elevator speech um, of how I got here. And now I live in Tampa with my wife, TV, our son, Maxie, and um, our dog, um, Yogi. And he's six months. I was telling you guys about it. And, um, the dog? Yeah, and he, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm <laughs> the dog is 10 years old. And he looks <laughs> like he's one. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the story.
0: I love that. So tell me um, about the clients who come to you. So what when they're coming to work with you, what are they saying they want help with?
2: Well, first, there's one, they're sick and tired of the whole yo-yoing and mm. the whole dieting um, life that they have been on. And some of the people that I'm working with, they've been doing it for you know, 10, 20, 30 years. That's one of them. And the, number two, it's actually something that I relate to is they have put their health in their back burner because they've been trying to focus so much in their career. They've been trying to focus so much on their, um, raising kids, their marriage and everything else. And, and their health just definitely took a back seat. And then it's not until years later when they realize like, Holy crap, what happened? And they have this like big aha moment and they realize that whatever they did before, is not really long. is no longer working, not, nor do they actually want to do it the way that they did it before to be quote unquote in shape. Um, and they realize they just can't do it on their own and then they need help and that's how they come to us and we try to figure out exactly what's the problem and how we can help them solve it.
0: Do you notice something in particular like, oh, everybody or a lot of people that I see come in and they realized you know, that they were doing it one way and now they're doing it this other way. And What is the shift that you see happening? Was it that they were just searching for a number on the scale and they switched their intention? Like, what was the thing that they were chasing that wasn't really serving them?
2: One is definitely the number on the scale Mm -hmm. and kind of the relationship that they created with it. Um, Two is they're looking to become the person that they once were um and the reality and what i always tell them is that was a different chapter in your life mm. you living in a different in a new one so a lot of times they're just really trying to reminisce in on the time that they were in the best shape of their life that they were at x weight and it's funny because at some point I, when we're having conversations like this i always ask them okay let's just kind of talk about weight for a second so when you were at that weight were you happy and usually they'll go back it's like i think i was It's like think think very very well if you were it's like well you know what i actually was not really comfortable there i was like okay so you never were happy with the way your body looked or the way that your weight or whatever weight you were at so and but you're still trying to kind of be at that point and it's like I've, i i could give anything just to be at that point again it's like exactly but you were not really happy there just it's a different perspective so i typically see many people that they're just they're sick and tired of being on that because usually what you know what got them there too is like they were just in this like constant cycle of like let me do something ext- like extreme restrictive let me work out three hours a day all these different things, right? And it got them to the goal and then they stopped and what happened is just they turn into this like never ending cycle and they just really people come to us because they're really trying to jump off of that mill that they were on for for years up until this point.
0: I think one of the things that's really interesting is that people don't even, and I was a part of this, so I know this, like that they don't even realize they are a part of that. It's just like, I think we have the perception that if I do it this way, okay, I'll do paleo. Okay, well now I'll do keto. Okay, well then I'll do Weight Watchers. Okay, then I'll do this program. And it's like, (laughs) they think that because they're changing the methodology that the result will change. But it's like, the result doesn't change and i and i think i've told you before cuz i was on your podcast as well but we used to be a body transformation company boy have the times shifted but we would see i don't know thousands of people lose a ton of weight and have ton, tens like
1: tens of thousands like probably.
0: like a lot of body transformation happening and no one was really truly satisfied and we've had professional models professional athletes on the show and they're like oh i was miserable and so it's it's like if my wish is that I could just like snap and wake everybody up and say it's it, the, the thing we're all chasing isn't even real. It's not even yeah. it's not even real. It's like if you can't learn to cultivate self-worth, acceptance, appreciation for the body you have today, it actually doesn't really matter what your body looks like, because that's not something that shifts with that. It's like a mindset. It's not the actual physical body. Is that what yeah, you find right. in your work, too?
2: Yeah. And and I think it's uh, one of it is, you know, I always like tell people it's like, well, first off, like, I understand where you're coming from and it's not 100 percent your fault, mostly because it's the standards that society have created for years, really, that put them into this like this is the mold that you're supposed to be fitting in. and and i i'm from a latin american country and i one of the things about our culture is like you know beauty um it's 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 i mean it's something so important and families and everything else i don't think there's a time that i went to my grandma's house and she even said wow you look great it's either you're too fat or Mm. you're too skinny Mm. it's either you you need to eat more or you need to eat less I go to, like, my wife's gonna kill me if I say this, but I go to my in-laws, right? And I, bless her soul, I love them, right? But then they're constantly feeding you, right? But then at the same time, if you're just kinda like, you know, they don't really look at you right, then it's like, oh, you're eating too much, but then at the same time, they're feeding you, right? So it's, it's this very contradictory uh, type of culture that we live in today, and that it creates that narrative. And that's a standard that people are, are led to believe that they have to be in. And it just gets hardwired into their brain. And to your point, people are becoming unaware that it is actually a problem. Yeah. And you know they just live like that. And I, I, there are so many people that we talk to that they're just not ready for for a change like this because they're just not really choosing to see that as as something that is wrong or that something that they need to change or fix. And again, it really comes down to mindset. And in my years as a dietitian. When I go to school, they teach you how to manage, you know, like nutrition, really like meal planning, all those different things like that. But they don't really teach you too much about how to really get into people's brains and try to start to understand what is actually going on inside of them. And uh, after years of psychology, my own personal journey, my own therapy journey and all those different things, I'm realizing there's a lot of really covered wires inside of our brains that really drive every single one of the decisions that we make around food, around our health, around our fitness, and how we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that, when we start to kind of uncover, imagine one of those, like, you know, like the electrical box, and we open them up, and it's like, okay, now I can see them, then we can start to reconnect them and cut the ones that we need to be cutting down. That's cool. Can I say something real quick before we get
1: too far past what you said? Because I feel like it was so important, and you said it, and we kind of went past it a little bit. It's, it's somewhat easy for people to understand that Comparing themselves to, you know, society's like idealized figures is a little bit of, a, of an erroneous notion, right? Like, so if I'm comparing myself to like this supermodel or whatever, I can probably rationalize, okay, maybe I should stop doing that. But you said people come in and also compare themselves to their most ideal version of themselves that they remember in the past. And I see this happen all the time. And I try to tell people over and over again, comparison is the root of suffering. And so much of our, our suffering is generated by saying, well, at one point in my life, I was like this, and I think that the start of that is like accepting that where you are now is where you are now, and trying not to come from that place of I got to get back to there because, as you guys both already mentioned, it's not going to bring you any true happiness. So I love the fact that you're bringing awareness to people's comparison of their most ideal version of themselves that they remember, and saying, hold on, like don't even don't even look at that. Let's 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 move forward. Let's focus on where you're at right now instead of let's try to get back to where you were. And I also love that question that I think everybody should ask themselves if they're comparing themselves to themselves. Is, were you really happy back then? Because most likely it, you weren't. Or most likely there was days you were happy and days that you were upset. And that's probably the same right now. So yeah, I don't it's think it's like, the same thing. You well, know?
0: I also, it, when you were talking about how like when you go home and in your culture, it was like, you're either too fat or you're too skinny. It reminded me of when we first started We Shape, I had everyone on the team. I asked everyone to go home and connect with the two or three women that they felt closest to in their life, whether it be their partner or their grandmother or their parent, and asked them what their relationship to their body was growing up and into this day. And we had a number of people, I think 30 or more people went home and did these interviews and everyone comes from different backgrounds and different upbringings and different cultures and everyone came back and not one person came back with the narrative that, oh my gosh, I just, I love my body and I've just really grown to have such acceptance and appreciation and (laughs) no one. Everyone came back with either you're too fat or you're too skinny or whatever is just not good enough. Your body's not good enough. Every single person. And it made me start to realize that this is not just a problem in our culture in the United States. This is a global issue where as human beings, for whatever reason, we have been conditioned on some level to not really appreciate or hold value or acceptance for our own body. And I I really believe that how you feel about your body and how you feel about yourself changes everything. Because if you feel like you can connect with yourself in a meaningful way, and even if it's not, you know, I'm also, like, this is a good time to bring up this, like, body positivity movement. I think that's an incredible movement. I, I keep doing that. But also, like we can't be like that every day. Let's not being a human. Right. So I, I aim more for body neutrality because we're so far on the other side that I'm like, I can't reach positivity all the time, but I can reach neutrality most of the time. So I just like to think about it in that way. This is like, this is like a global problem that many yeah. of us have been conditioned to believe yeah. that we, it's, it's not really even normal to feel appreciation and acceptance and beauty in your own body. So that, like. Just that as the premise I think is important to bring up.
2: It's so important. Yeah. It's so important. And then the the whole body neutrality that you mentioned. I mean, when you say body boss it is like I have my thoughts and but I, I have your own thoughts, which is I like neutrality. And I think you've also heard about this, this whole thing of toxic positivity, right? And, and I think it, there's a little bit that goes into that. It's, it's not about not wanting to to change. You can totally be okay with where you're at. Change is still obviously something that is possible, but doing it with the right intentions and with a different mindset around that. And I think when we do it from, from that perspective, then wanting to change is good. But one motto that we have in our company always when we start our clients is love yourself at every stage. Mm. Right now where you're at, you know, if you're not comfortable, right, like you got to learn to to love the parts of it. We actually do a really cool exercise with our clients and it's very, very difficult. And I said, this is going to be super hard for you. We do it with men and with women. I said, and, and this is what we typically tell them to do. I said, I want you to go um, in the bathroom and I want you to, you know, take your clothes off and I want you to look in front of a mirror. OK, and I want you to pay attention and to find purposely three things that you love about your body. I want you to look closely and you're going to have a hard time because your mind is going to go and point the things that you don't like. Your love handles, your legs, your arms, you're going to do it with a different intention. You're going to find three things that you love about yourself and you're going to say it out loud and you're going to say, I love my pinky toe, I love my hair, I love my nose. Whatever is the case, because usually that's where people typically go to, because from here to here is usually where people have a lot of um, insecurities around. But that's a start because they start to look at their body with a different lens. And when you do that, then you start to shift your perspective and you start to see, wow, I'm worthy. Like, I actually have a body that allows me to do certain things. And that starts to change a lot of that starts to change that hardwiring that it's like ingrained in their brain that tells them all these things that they're wrong with them because they just simply cannot see what is actually good and what they actually like.
1: Hey there, if you're enjoying the WeShape podcast and you've heard us talk about WeShape before, then you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, what is WeShape? Well, at WeShape, we create personalized at-home workouts for every single one of our members. These are workouts where every single movement is customized to you to help you connect with your body and care for your body in a much more meaningful way. We also have a community of people there to support you, to help up uplift you as you examine your beliefs, set new intentions, and again, start showing up for yourself as an act of self-care rather than trying to do your workouts as an act of self-judgment. And Hey, if you're a fan of the podcast, we also do a live podcast discussion group on Zoom as well as other Q&As, as well as free challenges for all of our members to help you get motivated, to actually start taking action, to caring for yourself so you can feel better in your body and about your body. So, if you want to try WeShape for free for two full weeks, go to WeShape.com backslash podcast, and you can get started today. I love that. We, we ask people to do the same thing as a part of WeShape, and we run these feel-good challenges, and that's a part of um, a lot of the discussions that we have in these live calls. And one of the things that's most interesting to me is that it's, it's incredibly difficult for people to do because like you said there's so much attention and time and focus spent on what you hate about yourself and almost no reps of practice on like what do I like about myself and it's just shocking to me how how people are just so habituated towards hating themselves that you say hey what's one thing you like about yourself and it's just this immediate thought of like I don't know or nothing or whatever it may be and then you just sit with them for long enough and they start to find one thing and then that snowballs and it's about getting more repetitions of appreciation rather than self judgment and the more we start to do that and the more we do less of this over time it changes and people need to realize it's a process and so maybe it starts with one compliment and 99 judgments which is still a win but if it was a hundred you know percent judgments before and then over time it gets to you know 10 90 and then eventually it, it tips compounds. over to the other side it compounds yeah so I love the fact that you do that because people really just need to spend a moment practicing that on themselves and saying what do I, what's one thing that I really appreciate about my body and just continuing that over and over again. So you get those reps under your belt. And like you said, that rewires the, the wires in the brain to get away from self judgment and move t- more towards that self appreciation. Um, so I have a, a discussion. I do definitely want to hear about. I remember this is what we were gonna, probably going to talk about on the last one. And I know this could be like 10 podcasts, right? But you talked about people coming in. And they were really stuck in this yo-yo mentality, right? Like going all in on this and then blah, blah, blah. We talk about that and we shape as like one step forward, one step back, right? And it's usually because people do too much too fast and then they they can't sustain it. And then they go back to where they were and they do this for decades, right? And they feel like they never make any progress. And so, um, you know, what I want to talk about is this all or nothing thinking. Because, you know, I have been very much prey to all or nothing thinking in my life. I have to work on it constantly in every area of my life. And when I don't, it it destroys me. And so when somebody comes in with that, you know, yo-yoing, all or nothing thinking, like, where do you take them next with that? Because that's something I see where people just, if I can't do my full workout, I'll do nothing. If I can't, you know, eat perfectly today, I'll just eat horribly today, right?
2: Yeah, those are great scenarios. I think for people to start to understand, like, how to treat that i call this it, like you have a the syndrome of like all or nothing thinking and, and i was like i don't 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 get alarmed it's not like you have a disease or anything like that we all suffer from it <laughs> but i think many people are just simply unaware of it um and to your point it's also uh something that we have in different domains in our lives i always and i think i told you guys at the be- when we were pre-recording last time i do have a massive issue of all or nothing thinking when it comes down to my business I feel like if I don't go all out, then I feel like I'm a complete failure. I have mastered that ability on you know, overcoming this all-or-nothing thinking in my nutrition, in my health, and my fitness, but this is where the people that we help and that we serve, this is where they're struggling. So what is the all-or-nothing thinking? It is a cognitive distortion where we, we see the world as binary. We see two things, it's either black or white. It's either good or bad. There's no in-between. And the, the typical mentality of a person that has this all or nothing thinking is, if I haven't done everything, I, I have not done anything. And it doesn't make sense when it comes down to it. It's like kind of thinking of running a marathon, right? If I don't sprint the marathon, they might as well just not even do it. It doesn't make sense. You get tired. And most people that have an all or nothing, all or nothing thinking sometimes can become very successful because they have the energy to do it, but they cannot do it and put in their reps as, you know, for a very long time, and they typically burn out. Mm-hmm. In nutrition and health, the all or nothing, it's, you know, you mentioned it yourself, it's, you know, I, if I have the scenario, the typical scenario, it's like, hey, I, um, it's five o'clock, I need to make a 5.30 uh, we shaped class, and um, and if I, and, and you know, there was traffic, it's already 5.40, it's already late, I might as well just not go at all, and, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, there's nothing I can do at this point. The other nothing thinking says like, well, if I cannot make, you know, the full class then I just simply don't do any type of workouts and really what ends up happening is like you got zero versus maybe getting there a little bit later or maybe doing some movement or coming home and maybe going on a walk, right? Where you got a little bit done, but it's more than nothing. And back to the point of compounding, little things typically amount to bigger things over time. But people don't look at it that way. When we have an all or nothing thinking, it's really impossible for seeing that because it's either black or white. And that's what we typically tend to struggle with in, in that process.
1: You know, what's the reality, though. It's so funny is and I, we talk about this a lot on the movement side of our business is, you know, like I'm like, hey, if, if you don't have the time to do something like just just do something simple, right? Like if you stretch your hamstrings today, like it's awesome and you'll feel better because of it. If you drop into a squat and hang out there for, you know, 30 seconds, 90 seconds and open up your hips, it's amazing, right? And I think that the more we build in those those um, habits to our life where we're just like, hey, I've got a little break here. I'll just like kind of move my body a little bit to feel better. Like those little things, if they become habitual, they compound over time and you feel so much better. You have more mobility, you have more strength, you have more body awareness, more connection to the body. And it, it, it usually takes, you know, a minute to do these types of things throughout your day, right? And so but
0: think about the message we've been delivered. Oh, yeah, you want to lose weight? That's why you're doing this Hour So of cardio, if you five do five minutes week. or ten minutes of movement, that's not gonna make the scale do anything So don't do anything at all, but if we come in and we say actually my intention is to connect with my body and develop a better relationship with myself And I just want to feel good then five minutes of mobility is amazing because that does help you feel good. But if you're going in with the narrative of my only reason why I'm doing this is to lose weight, then you can't achieve, you you can't achieve that in five minutes. Right. And so it's like, it's already a setup for just quitting. Yeah. So it's like, that's why we preach so much around intention. Like I know that it's hard to get off that hamster wheel of weight loss, but Just try it. Like, I I like to ask people, like, how has that worked over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years? Okay, it hasn't? Great. What does it kill you to try something new for a month? What if for a month your intention was, I just want to, like, connect with my body and move and feel a little better in my body? That intention of course you'll do five minutes of movement that day, right? But if your only intention is to lose weight and think that, oh, the scale has to say this, then of course you're going to ditch the five minutes. So it's all about like, why are you doing that?
2: Mm, I think that's the most important part. So important. But I think it also, the problem that we, again, it's a societal problem as well, is that, we are we were like the most impatient that we've ever been in, <laughs> in history right fact so i think and i mean we get tired we get upset whenever you know the amazon package didn't get delivered like overnight then you know or they didn't get here between four o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning like it said <laughs> right We, I mean, we all suffer from that. Yeah. And, you know, when mail in the past, it used to take a week for it to be delivered. Right. So we live in a different kind of times. And I think that lack of patience and anything that we do also translates into the things that we want and we want them fast. Right. And I see I I think this is why it's uh, a multi-billion dollar industry like that is weight loss is because, you know, I think it's like the race of trying to to figure out what is the company that can that can deliver the fastest results, because that is the one that is going to make the most money. Um and, and that's unfortunate. And that's obviously the, the, the culture and the, the narrative that gets, you know, deposited in people's brains. And, and when you think about it, when you're completely oblivious of, of really how the, the body works and, and all those different things, you don't understand it and you're desperate and then desperate people do desperate things. Mm. And and that's a problem because they're just not using the right resources. And and usually all those are all those diets, all those things are all or nothing because they tell you the instruction sheet, this is all the things you need to check off. If you don't check all of them off, then you are probably going to fail. And that's the, the, the mentality that everybody's had around that. And, and that is the problem and that's what we need to switch and we need to change. And there are ways to do that. And that's obviously what we need to figure out how to, how to rewire the brain around that.
1: Yeah. You, what did you say? Desperate people do desperate things is that what Desperate
2: you're people well desperate people just do desperate things. Yeah. Um, and it's and, funny isn't that funny
1: how the desperation is rooted in self-judgment which is rooted in the society that we're bathed in in the first place, right? I find that yep. so interesting. So yeah. I mean now that yeah. you've talked about, you know, the black and white thinking like and I think that always I feel like the answer to anything is like awareness is like the first step, right? We have to understand that we're in a society that's teaching us to judge ourselves. We weren't born that way, right? We have this black or white thinking. We are super impatient. We want everything as quick and easy as humanly possible. So if we can have an awareness that this is truth, we believe that this is truth, and we realize it's not serving us, we can change those beliefs, and we can move towards something that actually does serve us. So what is it that you do with those clients when you notice this mentality, you bring them awareness, how do you make that shift? where you go hey most of life is gray it's not black or white right how do you get somebody to understand that and start making steps with better intention
2: there's three things that we do um, the one the first thing is we call it the two-way framework two ways into like the letter A's accept and adapt so when something doesn't go the way you want it you accept the fact that it's a reality right and you can also ask yourself is this something that I can't control Back to the scenario example of like, I'm gonna be late because there's traffic. Accept the fact that there's traffic and accept the fact that you're going to be late. How can you adapt that situation? If you originally had a plan to go and work out at 5.30, but you no longer have that because there's something outside of your control, you can adapt the situation to something different. And you can say, I'm going to be late, and I still may be able to get home and go on a 15-minute walk and feel good instead of feeling, you know, bad that I didn't really kind of make it to the class. I can, um, let's say, for example, I'm exhausted. I don't really want to cook anything. I just want to order out. Well, I can still make better choices when I'm ordering out instead of throwing everything out the window. Accepting and adapting is a really good way to kind of give yourself some grace and saying, like, okay, like, it's fine. This is happening, right? How can I change something. And it starts with awareness. I think the biggest problem that many people have with their all all or nothing thinking is like, they're not aware that it's actually happening. Mm. So that's one thing that I like to teach our clients, accept and adapt and always really stopping for a second when you kind of get, you know, stressed out when this is actually happening, this happens to me. And usually my wife is out there to kind of like give me the, the nudge and says like trigger moment, what's happening in your head. Let's take a break. Let's take a step back, accept and adapt. What can we do? So that's number one. The second, it's self-compassion, which is talk to yourself in a nice way. And I always say to people, all of of our clients, talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. So imagine in in a moment, right, like you're going to be late for for your workout. The things that are going inside your head is like, I'm a piece of crap. I'm not going to be able to, um, I'm never going to be able to lose the weight or I'm not going to get in shape. All those different things like that. Imagine you're A failure, right? Imagine Mm -hmm. your best friend telling you all this. And saying like, hey, Kate, I, I, you're, you know, you're a, I'm, I'm a failure. All those different things are happening to me. And like, you think you're, you know, your best friend is telling you that? You're, you're going to be like, yeah, totally. You are a piece of crap. Like, you're totally going to fail. No. You're going to be like, hey, take it easy. You're doing great. Look at all the things that you're doing. Imagine if we start talking to ourselves that way. And that's obviously one of the biggest problems because we're so self-critical of ourselves. And self-compassion is the, the, the reframing of not talking to yourself this way and saying, hey, you're making an effort to go to the freaking gym, right? That, is, that counts for something. That tap yourself in the back for it. And you can also, again, go home and go on a walk because you can do it and it's going to make you feel good. That little micro conversation you can have with yourself makes all the difference. That's number two. And the last one is celebrate the small wins, which is something that we don't ever pay attention to. We, mm-hmm. o- we only celebrate the big scale victories. We only celebrate that you know, the big transformation. I'm sure you, you guys remember those days when you were doing that, right? Like look at the before and the after. Yeah. This is the big win. Well, what about the fact that you woke up earlier this morning to actually go and show up to the gym when you, actually, when you, when you never used to do that before? That's a small win. You made a better decision around your food choices. Like you were not eating vegetables and you had one vegetable on your plate. That is a small win. And back to our original point, small wins compound into bigger things. And when we start to do those three areas or those three steps that we just talked about, which require a lot of practice and a lot of repetitions to, to really kind of make a meaningful difference, you start to see everything differently. It's a different lens. I always say like, hey, you're looking at me in the camera. Imagine that we change the lens and then I'm gonna give you a new lens where everything looks completely different, where you're looking at yourself like with self-compassion, with love. Actually, you feel happier. You are happier that way. You're not frustrated all the time. And that's when you notice that there's a mindset change and a mindset shift happening, which is one of our big pillars of our programs that we teach. That is a big aha moment that you need to have, and you're going to notice it, but it requires time.
0: And talk about when you're saying that, like, talk about a long-term sustainable shift, right? These, these diets, these programs, all these things that we've tried to, like, get that number on the scale, we can all agree they're not long-term. They don't focus on, you know, there's not – at WeShape. we talk a lot about what is our intention behind everything we do here – and we say it's the people first. The profit has to come because we have to be able to pay people to work here, but it's second. Like, I really, truly believe that we can design a, a product and a brand that serves the human being behind it. And um, I, I think that both can happen. You can have a successful company and have the best interest of the human at the same time. So we have to understand that those the, the old methodology, the programs that are focused on weight loss and body transformation – They don't really have your physical or emotional and psychological well-being in mind. It's not sustainable. The types of changes that you're talking about are sustainable. They help you connect with yourself. They help you feel better in your body. They help you cultivate more self-worth. Those are things that are going to last for the rest of your life. Uh, Reaching a number on a scale is, is not a sustainable goal. So I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing because this is the kind of narrative that needs to shift in our culture. These are the types of things that I feel are so much more meaningful. But the more people that do it, the, the less that we care about the old narrative. So I just want to say I appreciate so much um, the work that you're doing with your clients. And before we wrap up, I've been wanting to ask, like, is there a something you used to think? I mean, you've been in the, the fitness space now and the health space for a long time, and there's so many different stories that we believe along that way. Is there something that you used to believe or used to think that you no longer believe or think anymore that has offered you some freedom and some liberation?
2: Yeah. I've, I've been thinking since you asked me earlier about that question, and I think Looking at my life and also the trend, uh, the the I mean the 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 mindset and and everything transformations we created with our clients. I think the biggest thing I've learned, and it's a big shift that it's created in my belief system, is happiness is not found in the destination, but in the journey. Mm. Um, and I think we're all part of it. We're all living it. I always say that I never stop working on myself, and none of us should ever stop working on ourselves until we hit the grave. And, and I think that's one thing that I that I changed because I think I grew up in, in this, again, like being in a third world country of, of accumulation and success and, and coming here and pursuing the American dream and, and all really what that entails. And people just focus so much in like the pursuit of what, right? Instead of like actually enjoying everything that happens in the day to day of that process. And I think right now, that I have a son, I'm, I'm being more aware of that. that. Mm. And that is definitely something that I have completely shifted. And I think it's also, um, you know, uh, also kind of translated into the way that we coach our clients um, and people are happier that way. I'm happier that way anyways.
0: I love that. Thank it's you powerful. so much. I think that can really help a lot of people for sure. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Let people, let our listeners know where they can find you if they want to find out more information about your company.
2: Yeah, so you can go to planosnutrition.com. That's gonna be the the most direct place. Um, but we're very ever present in social media. And if you go to my um, account at Andres Ayesta, this is the place where I personally manage that. And you can have conversations with me, or you can just kind of check out some of our content. Um, and we got some freebies and things like that that you can also check out and download if you want it as well. Amazing. Amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Andres. We really loved having you on the show, and we hope to connect with you again.
1: Yeah, remember to join or er, enjoy the journey, y'all. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love that Thank message. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can always email us at podcast at com. And if you're new to our community and haven't checked us out yet, don't forget to go to WeShape.com for, uh, for your free two-week trial at WeShape. And we will see everyone next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at and finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, make sure you click the link in our podcast description or go to WeShape.com free, where you can build your first workout and activate your two-week free trial. See you next week.